Hello, this is Professor Dixon coming at you in a new podcast called I Keep Seeing the Same Issues. I do hope you've had time to check out the podcast I shared with you earlier called In Case You Missed It in the Syllabus. I'm going to try not to rehash that again. It was a 20-minute podcast, which is a bit long, I think. But there are a lot of reasons for file names protocol and for MLA heading and putting titles with the professor's name and watch that again listen to that again read it if you want if you have questions just let just heads up if you call your professor professor or doctor it it tells the professor that you're keeping things professional which is great if you want to have a professional relationship that's awesome I like professionalism because professionalism to me means respect it means you know, you can use these guys for a letter of recommendation, which is the real value of education, I think. If you call someone like Mr. Dixon or Ms. or Mrs., I talked about that earlier, but it, if you use that kind of title with a, with a teacher, it tells them that you're lost, that you're, you're new to college and you're thinking in high school terms. I think I explained earlier that professor or doctor is, it was, is respectable. You don't use Mr. Ms. Ms. That's just weird. Some teachers like using their first name. Find out, because it's really about consent. Because if you don't have consent to use a first name for a, for a professor, well, then you're violating, then, then calling by the first name is passive-aggressive at best. You know, consent is important. It really is. I believe in it. If you just call me, call them by their last name with no title, again, that's a bit intimate. It's just weird at best. It might be a military thing. But it's only a military thing among peers. There is a hierarchy in higher education. And on that note, my chair and my department, it's not the same thing as my boss. I, I, we cooperate through, we cooperate, the same thing as being my boss. I'm not their subordinate. So it's really better when you have problems with a teacher to communicate directly with the teacher. That's important. You need to have a healthy relationship with your teacher because if you try and go over their head and do the Karen thing, to go to the dean, go to the president, complain, it it doesn't work like you might expect. Try and clear things up with your teacher. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about, okay, I asked you guys to use the Canvas upload tool to record audio in Canvas using their tool. There's a reason for the instructions, okay? Partly, maybe I'm checking to make sure you learn to read instructions and follow them. But also, I can't listen to even an MP3 that's uploaded on Canvas from my side. I would have to download it. If you use the Canvas tool, I can listen to it without adding stuff to my desktop, without putting stuff on my hard drive. And I don't want to download more stuff and clutter up my hard drive. Also, there's no question that I'll be able to have access to it on any of my devices if you use the Canvas tool. Now, if you upload an MP3, I can listen to it, and I might make an exception if I'm in a really good mood or I want to. But if it's not an MP3, I cannot open it. MP3 is the most portable audio format. So read instructions and try and keep them in mind. All right? They're not, there's a reason for them. And following instructions will get you better responses. And some of those responses and some of those reactions involve your grade. The RAP method, R-A-P, read, restate the question, answer the question, produce data, support. There's a little confusion and I need to make the lesson plan or the assignment maybe more clear in the future, but I do not want you copying questions word for word because that adds words. That means more stuff for me to read, more time for me. It clutters things. It makes it busier. 
if you answer a question using the RAP method, the RAP method, well then I know what the question is by the way you state it. You reuse the, the vocabulary, okay? You state it as a, as a statement, not as a question. And that way I know what's going on. This is really a good skill and it's vital for you to learn that when you're using email with me. Okay, because people are asking me questions and I try and answer them and sometimes I ask them questions because I don't know what they're doing and then they reply to me through email with yes or do that. And if I ask, should I do A or B and I get back yes, that's not a useful answer for one thing because A and B are different. If you mean I don't care, that's another thing, but say that. When you're answering a question, restate the question in your answer. Don't recopy it. Don't say the question again, but use the change it from a question to a statement, use much of the same vocabulary, answer the question and produce support answers. Don't, you know, you have to produce evidence, examples, etc. And this is important in email because I'm getting email that says yes or do that and I'm like, do what? In your answers to questions, don't use pronouns like it, this, that so much unless it's clear without looking at the question what this, that, or it means. These are unclear pronoun reference. It's one of the big problems in writing, and it's something we all need to work on. If you're using the Canvas email thing, it often goes, if I'm not at my computer, if I access it through Canvas, it's not so bad, but if I'm on my phone, if I'm on a different computer, if I'm not using Canvas because I have it email forwarded to my other account that I use for school, well, I don't know what you're referring to because it doesn't show me the email chain. It just shows me your email if you're emailing me from your email using my gdixon3 at jcc address, it's good to tell me what class, what section. And if we have a conversation started, then I can't go through and look at the earlier, your earlier stuff. But if you're emailing me through Canvas, it tells me which class and section, but I don't know what any earlier emails might have been. That's why, and this is good policy when you get a job in the real world because everybody uses email. Don't expect anyone to go through your email trail and guess or look up or read what was said before. It's a good idea and you should do that to give you an edge on your competitors or coworkers. But no, don't expect other people to read that much. They'll read just your message. So use the rap method. You know, restate the question that you know that, that, that you're answering if you're answering a question. You know, answer the question and provide support. You know, so I know what this conversation is about, you know, so that each email can function fairly autonomously. And make sure when you send email, if you want a response, make it clear what you want me to respond to. Are you asking a question? What is your question? Think about that. One last thing. Because I'm seeing some of the same mistakes made over and over again involving MLA format, little things. I don't think people are accessing the feedback that I have given you where I write, use my little e-pencil and write on your, your homework assignments. And that shouldn't shock me because... It's not intuitive, and I think every class, every semester is like, oh, wait, that was there? I didn't know that. <clears throat> so I've added a homework assignment to the Foundations to Learning module, and it's due the 19th. It's called the Professor Annotated Feedback Proof of Access. I want you to prove, to demonstrate that you've seen all my feedback, because people are emailing me saying, why didn't I, get, why did I only get 15 out of 20 points? Well, it's in the rubric, but most of you, I think, can figure out how to access the rubric. And sometimes there's some mistakes and you know contact me let me know but a lot of times i don't think people there are people making the same mistake on the heading or like things i circle it's like okay add my title or don't or don't call me mister or don't call me daddy or whatever the heck you did that 
what you're going to have to do, and there's instructions and there's a video how to do it, walks you through it, you're going to have to go look at one of your homework assignments where you had to turn in something written in Word and download the PDF that shows my annotations where I took my e-pen and circled and drew and gave you messages. I want to make sure you can access that. So you're going to download all of them, pick the one with the most comments, you're going to upload that to the Dropbox called Professor Annotated Feedback Proof of Access. And you've got like a, 10 days to do that. It doesn't take but a minute, and if you have a problem, ask, email, talk to me. Conferences from 1 to 3. Oh, and last thing, if you're listening to this as soon as I've written it, audio, produced it, said it, today is the 10th, which is Chinese New Year's Eve. Lunar New Year's Eve. I say Chinese because that's my cultural exposure to Lunar New Year's. So you, you're probably going to be listening to this by the time I get it edited, pushed out, and you open this. It'll probably be New Year's Day, so Xinian Kuai Le. Gongxi Fatsai. Happy New Year.